Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Hit Save podcast. I'm Jonas Rosland, and to get, uh, today I'm joined by Rockman Cosmo and Noya Shinoda, and we're going to talk about feature phones and feature phone games. You might have heard uh, the word iMode um, thrown around a bit uh, in the past year, and we're going to do a deep dive on the preservation of this, uh, of the, the games, of everything surrounding the games, of course. Uh, but before we dive into the topic at hand, um, Rockman Cosmo, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, um, I'm Rockman Cosmo. Um, you can also just call me Cosmo. And I guess to sum it up, I am a mega man, mega fan who works to preserve its history. So over the past two years, I've got involved and run quite a few different projects that aim to preserve different aspects of Rockman history. Um, it ranges from organizing these um, scanlation projects that aim to translate out of print material into English. So my job in there is to do cleanup and typesetting, but I have a wonderful team of translators that help me with that. So we've translated um, a Japanese exclusive Rockman Dash guidebook into English, and we're now working on some other different materials. But also, in addition, I'm also the leader of the team that aims to preserve three um, Rockman feature phone games. And yeah, we've been doing this since December of 2020, and it's just been a wild ride <laughs> ever since then. I've always had a passion for video game preservation, and I've always loved the Mega Man series for many years. So when I hear about all of this lost material and underdocumented devices like feature phones, um, I just wanted to help out and it's been a wild ride, but we've made a lot of progress. I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Yeah. Translation work and making sure that uh, content is available to others. I think that's, that's fantastic. I, I love, uh, I love seeing that. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, oh yeah. Um, okay, so my name is Naoya Shinota. I have been helping out with the Before Crisis Final Fantasy VII hunt that started in around 2017 by uh, Shadamp on livestream. And we, we, uh, we, we found the demo for, the, for this lost game. And then on the way of finding this game, I found, I've learned about iMode. Aesopic and all these other Japanese lost games and found out about um, the video game preservation crisis that's going on right now with these uh, mobile games. Awesome. So diving into the, the topic at hand here, um, I, I mentioned iMode, but that's not everything that we're, we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so we're, we're talking about feature phones and feature phones is a specific thing over in Japan, as I understand it. Is that all right? Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So the, um, the feature phones has um, multiple different platforms, and we're going to talk a bit about the, uh, the companies that made these as well. Can you, can you explain these? Uh, sure, yeah. So I guess the two main platforms that these games run on that, that, that um, are hosted by the feature phones, um, one of them is called JME or J2ME, and that stands for Java Micro Edition or Java Micro Edition 2. And it's basically the Java software platform, but it's stripped down to work on a cell phone. 
and it was developed by Sun Microsystems, and it's essentially the standard for feature phone gaming. So most of the time, if you see a, if you see a feature phone game, it's probably going to be running on some form of JME. And then the other mm. platform is called Brew, Binary Runtime Environment for Wireless, and that's a and that's um, a little bit of a difference compared to J2ME, developed by Qualcomm, and maybe um, Naya can give a little bit more on what exactly the difference is between um, JME and Brew. Okay, um, so with uh, with Brew, Brew is able to hand handle more such as um, uh, terms of like graphics and um, and many other things compared to uh, what J2ME can do. And that in most phones that run Brew, the the games or the files that you compile for Brew, they can um, the limitations are based on the phone itself rather than um rather than uh the game you make. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what it is. So I guess now this is a good segue to get into these um these three main services that we're basically going to be covering. Um, so I'll start with NTT Docomo. Um, they made a service called iMode, and that's what a lot of people like to refer to as a blanket term for these kinds of games, although that's not entirely technically correct. But it was one of the first ever um, mobile internet services. Um, it was made in, it was created in 1999, and it basically allowed um, Japanese cell phones to access the internet and a variety of services, including video games. And that's really what interests us there. And then as a competitor, um, there, there was a telecom company called AU or KDDI, and they, and they also create a service called EasyWeb. And it was pretty similar to IMO, just a competitor. And then on top of that, there's another company um, that was called JPhone, and they made something called JSky, but then it was bought by Vodafone, and then it was called Vodafone Live. And then finally, SoftBank bought that company <laughs> And now they call it Yahoo Keitai. So basically, when we ever we say a SoftBank game, that's basically referring to that one internet service. And each of these services, um, e each of their games ran on pretty much the same platform, but there are some differences. So, so iMode is uh, the games are called iAppli, and they run on J2ME, and they run on a specific profile called Docomo Java or Doja. And then later on, they named it Star. And, and then EasyWeb, or yeah, AU's EasyWeb, was a little interesting in how it actually started out as um, being a Java application. But then after some period of time, they moved to Brew. And then uh, I think the SoftBank games run on J2ME as well. I think that's it. I'm not sure now. Is there any more? Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. No, that, that, that was good. Yeah. That's that's the basic outline of it, yeah. So the these feature phones, um, what I've seen from them, most of them are, um, or many of them at least, are flip phones. So flip phones we we had here in the U.S. of course, and um, when I lived over in Sweden, we had flip phones there too. Were they feature phones, or is feature phones a, a completely different standard? I think feature phones is the term used in for uh for japan whereas over here we call them flip phones or at least mm. in my area we call them flip phones okay yeah essentially because... they, 
Yeah, they they ran uh, uh, J2ME as well, I think. Yeah, MIDB 2.0, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about are pretty much J Japanese-centric because I do think that there were some overseas phones that also had this kind of architecture. Like, correct me if I'm wrong now, but I think that some U.S. phones ran Brew. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's definitely not a Japanese-centric thing, but a lot of the games that we're talking about were definitely Japanese only. And I believe the Japanese have a term that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it basically translates to Galapagos phones because they compared their cell phone culture kind of like to the animals and the species on the Galapagos Islands and that they can only stay in that one other area and they can't really survive anywhere else. So like Japan's passionate culture around these cell phones basically couldn't really be matched anywhere else. It was really centralized to that one area of the world. Yeah. And, and Brew also ran on the Zebo console down in, um, made in Brazil. Is that right? Possible, but I'm, I have no knowledge of that, um, of that area. I, so yeah. I, I was, um, I was watching a, um, uh, not a documentary, but a video rather from, um, the, the lovely YouTube channel, uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting. And they, uh, they made a video on the Zebo console and they talked about brew a lot. So, um, and apparently uh, most games ran, uh, not well, let, let's, uh, let's say that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's really cool to see because they, they took this mobile application platform, uh, and made it into a console similar to what the, uh, Ouya tried to do with Android. Um, so, mm. Um, kind of interesting, and it was way too early uh, for 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 that to work out, uh, unfortunately. But um, they they have some special games there too, uh, only on the Zebo. But luckily, they are all preserved. Um, so, all that good here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for these feature phones, you you said um, uh, when did it start? Was it 1999? And for how long did it run? Um, for how long did people use these feature phones? Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Yeah, so iMode was the first ever internet service. So yeah, I guess the whole feature phone thing technically did start in 1999. And each service has its own lifetimes. And my most of my knowledge about the timeline really goes to iMode. I think maybe Naya probably knows more about like the longevity of EasyWeb or even SoftBank. But I do know that iMode itself as a service where you can access news and other things like that, that still is going on to this day. And I think Docomo plans to finally um, shut it down in 2026. I, if, um, <laughs> If anyone wants to get a general idea of what iMode is like in through of anime terms, uh, Summer Wars, the movie Summer Wars, can give you an idea of what iMode is, where people basically relied on it. But that that was until, and everyone thought it was really good, until Steve Jobs came out with um, the iPhone in 2007. And that's where I went, and that's where iMode contracts just started to like drop as the years went by. Yeah, uh, so basically the iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone is kind of like the first nail in the coffin, and the and, the, and a more recent nail in the coffin was on November thirtieth, two thousand twenty-one, and that's when the iMode website shut down. 
and that I'm yeah. a website hosted the game stores or yeah, basically, basically the storefronts for the video game publishers to publish games. So all the games that were available on the iMode service were essentially lost to time, but we, we'll get to the more specific part later, but that's basically what iMode is. But if I remember correctly, I think EasyWeb's service, is it is it shut down by now? Am I exactly sure? Now? Oh yeah, they uh, EasyWeb and SoftBank were like the first two to shut down. Yeah. Oh, so I guess iMode was one of the first and now is going to be the last, basically. Mm-hmm. They last a long time. They really do. And a lot of things. So shutting down in, um, what was it, 2026? Um, yeah. So after that, you can't <clears throat> access the internet through iMode, but you can't. So um, uh, all the applications, video games and things like that, uh, they are uh not able to uh download them anymore is that right um you're not able to download them through an official site uh so to give mm -hmm. an example if you want to access if you had a one of these dokemo cell phones and you still have your iMode contract and wanted to download from sonic cafe to get to see uh you know say does um sonic games um you wouldn't be able to do it right now but if they were to somehow like provide you a link and if you want to download, technically, you could still download that iAppley. You can still download iAppley as long as iMode exists at Dokemos 3G Towers. <clears throat> but Sega themselves, they just, they don't offer the, um, they don't offer to download iAppley from their store and they don't access, and they don't offer payments or receive payments of any time that for the, uh, uh, for their Sega games. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you could potentially download things if they were made available by the uh, the publishers. Yep. And as long as you have an IMO contract, the IMO contracts, um, it's something you get from Dokimo. And I think the, I think in around, I could be wrong about this around 2017 or 18, that's when they canceled uh, new subscription users. So there are some users in Japan who do have iMode with, with them, and they can still download iAppley freely, to my knowledge. But then again, some don't really uh, respond when you ask that question. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you could you could download your own iAppley. You can even make your own iAppley nowadays if you want to, but no one does because no one really cares that much. So let, let's let's dive into the uh, the games uh, themselves. Because that that's why All we're right. here. Um, oh yeah. What what kind of games were on these phones? Uh, seeing as they uh -huh. uh, they uh, the service here and uh, the ability to download games lasted for two decades. I'm guessing there are a few. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot. Um, Rockman, do you uh do you want to do you want to go for go first? I'll I'll let you go first. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So. Yeah, we both as evidence, well, my username kind of gives it away, but um, yeah, we, we, we do love um, certain franchises and these franchises did have plenty of outings on feature phones. So we're, we're both going to give some deep dives on them, but we're definitely going to cover some other series with games because there are, there are a lot of them. So I guess I'll cover the Rockman games. So yeah, Capcom was a very, very, very big um, investor and feature phone games that they had a lot of other franchises on there which we'll cover later like ace attorney and monster hunter but um rock man was one of those games that it, that it just had 
so many different ones on there. So I guess to start, they had a lot of ports of existing games. So like the NES Rockman games from like Rockman 1 to 6, and even Rockman 9, which came out in the late 2000s, they were able to port those games onto these cell phones. And they also ported the classic Super Nintendo Rockman X games, including Rockman X4. And if some fans might know that you can play as two different characters in that game, but because it was on a cell phone, they made two different versions of that game. And that game also came out on the PlayStation. So these wizards were somehow able to compress this <laughs> this PlayStation game and shove it onto a cell phone. So that was definitely one um, big thing they did. But the most notable thing they did was create fully original games for cell phones. So the games that my team is trying to preserve are Rockman.exe Phantom of Network, Rockman.exe Legend of Network, and Rockman-Great Adventure on Five Islands. So, rock, so I'll start with the Rockman.exe games. And Rockman.exe's English, I guess, localized name is Mega Man Battle Network. And maybe we, we might know more about it now because Capcom's going to put out a legacy collection, a collection of all these other games. And basically, the Mega Man Battle Network or Rockman.exe games were originally created for the for the Game Boy Advance, and they're kind of like a strategy RPG where you're going around in the real world, and Mega Man is like a computer program on a basically a smartphone, and you're able to plug into different devices and send Mega Man into the cyber world, and you can explore. And the bad guys are viruses, and bad and basically the big bad is just some giant hacker that wants to take over the world and take over the internet. So it was very, very popular in Japan. So popular that they made a, total, a complete anime out of it many seasons. So what they did was they made two fully original Rockman.exe games for these cell phones. First was Phantom Network, which was originally released in 2004 for EAU devices. And then Legend of Network, which was released in 2006 for AU devices. And both of those games were later re-released in 2009 for Docomo devices on iMode. And each game had eight different chapters. And each chapter would contain a different segment of the ongoing story. And they were released on a schedule. And it's very, it's very interesting because if you look up footage of the games, they look just like their Game Boy Advance counterparts, just basically squashed down to a cell phone. So the, the creative battle system that they had, which is hard to describe while talking, but kind of like you have different panels and you can move on different panels, choose battle chips and use them against viruses. That's essentially entirely intact. Um, the only compromises they had to make were the isometric overworld angle. And then I guess the real world, they had to just kind of limit it to just a bunch of um, profile pictures and text boxes. But basically, they were able to really compress an entire Game Boy Advance game onto a cell phone. So each had original stories. Um, Phantom of Network had some returning characters from the Game Boy games and also had some completely original navvies. And these navvies are basically their um, computer characters that are inside Mega Man Cyber World. And if you look at different Mega Man art books, um, there are official art of these characters, but unfortunately, the games are lost, though. And the Phantom Network, um, for the AU phones, they had an exclusive extra mode called Battler's Tower. And it simulated real-time PvP, but in reality, you're just facing against um, 10 different opponents in a row, and then you would compare your score to other uploaded online scores. And 
the last interesting thing about Phantom of Network was that in the final season of the Rockman.exe anime, it, its elements were included. So despite being an obscure cell phone game, it was able to make it into more mainstream Mega Man media. And then Legend of Network, which is the second um, feature phone game for the Rockman.exe series, it also had an original story featuring an ancient civilization with advanced um, computer technology. And it even introduced these new mechanics that were very similar to other mechanics in previous Game Boy Advance um, Rockmanda EXE games. And unfortunately, that was released after the anime concluded. So it's actually one of the few pieces of Rockmanda EXE material not adapted for it. And both of these games were delisted in 2018 when Capcom shut down all of their feature phone storefronts. And yeah, so to this day, they're, they're lost to time these two um, Rockman EXE games. And then the third game that I like to cover is Rockman Dash Great Adventure on Five Islands. And Rockman Dash is the Japanese name for Mega Man Legends, which is a cult classic Mega Man series. It originally came out in 1997 on the PlayStation, and it received a sequel, and then it received a spin-off game called Misadventures of Tronbon. And infamously, in 2011, Capcom tried to make Mega Man Legends 3, but unfortunately canceled it. But few people know that Mega Man Legends did have um, a mid-queel between um, Mega Man Legends 1 and 2 that was called Great Adventure on Five Islands. So it was released in 2008 for Docomo devices, and there were five chapters released on a bi-weekly basis. And some of them feature recurring characters from uh, Misadventures of Tronbon, which was a spin-off game. And it was very it's very similar to the EXE games and how they were able to convert that 3D combat from the original Mega Man Legends and somehow squash it on a cell phone. And if you look up gameplay of it, you can tell that the cell phone is really struggling to keep up with the real-time 3D combat. So basically, this game was really pushing the limits of what cell phone hardware could do at the time. But they were able to put five different islands, five different chapters on there. And like the Rockman.exe games, they were delisted in 2018 when Capcom shut down their storefronts. And yeah, those are like the big three games, but there are a few other miscellaneous, weirder Rockman games I'd like to touch on. Uh, one of them is called Rockman Tennis, and that's exactly what it sounds like. You got your Mega Man characters and they're playing tennis with each other. And then they have Rockman Dash Golf, which is basically all of the Mega Man Legends characters playing golf with each other. And a lot of the other games were these little mini games like one of those called Koba and Flies, which is a servbot character from Mega Man Legends. And he put a propeller on his head. And I think it's almost like a Flappy Bird kind of a thing where you're just tapping on him and you have to get to the end of an endless stage. And another one is like a temple run situation where it's like an endless runner and you have the little servbot and he's jumping over things. And one of my favorite ones is called Intuition Rockman, which is a collection of mini games. And they're all very strange and weird, but one of them is called Roll's Cooking Classroom. And you're the character Roll from the classic Mega Man series. And your goal is to chop food with a knife. But occasionally, you can chop up um, an 8-bit sprite of the bad guy, Dr. Wily. So there are a lot of out-of-context video clips of her with a giant kitchen knife trying to chop this little Dr. Wily who's running around in fear. So yeah, a lot of these games are very, very, very obscure. But yeah, unfortunately, like all the other ones, they were delisted in 2018, and they haven't been uh, made available ever since. That last one sounds like a WarioWare game or similar. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's actually a good um, correlation. Yeah, they're very, very similar in that time. Yeah. So they, they all went offline in 2018. Um, do you know, um, are there phones out there with the, the game still on it? Yes. Yeah. So that's another good thing to touch on. And we'll probably go in more detail on this subject a little more down the road. But these games that, well, let's see. I think the ones that I talked about, I think most of them, except for the online mode for um, Phantom of Network, mm -hmm. I think all of those do not require an, a server connection. So as long as you have an active SIM card, um, you can just play these games if they're already downloaded on a phone. So there are definitely people out there who have them. Uh, in fact, the our, our project was able to secure a phone with both Rockman.exe games and then another phone with um, Rockman Dash Five Islands, but Five Islands is actually stuck on the micro SD card on that phone. But all the files are there; it's just stuck on that SD card. We'll get into the specifics of that later. So yeah, we were able to find someone with those games, but it took a it took a very long time. People are searching for a lot of these games for a long time, and I know that there are some collectors out there in Japan that do have these phones. I occasionally see posts from them, like, "Oh look." I have all these feature phone games and hopefully Capcom really releases them. So yeah, there, there are definitely people that have them out there, but as time goes on and as these devices get older and older, it's definitely going to get harder to find people with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially as they are in there, the games are locked on those phones and not available anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. I do also, I do also want to um, say that, um, uh, there is actually one phone out there known as the SH-10C from Docomo, and it does come pre-installed with a demo version of of one of these Rockman games, and it is playable offline. You don't need anything special. Just It is pre-installed on that phone if the person didn't delete it. So I just want to throw that out there in case anyone actually wants to play, play it. It's a demo version, but it does exist. Yeah, and the demo version basically covers the first chapter <clears throat> of, of the game. And ironically, I think that's the version of the phone, like our phone model that has the games on there that our group was able to secure. I think that's the SH-10C. So mm -hmm. yeah. it is. Yeah, we were very lucky. <laughs> hard to, very... It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to over. I, I understand how lucky we are to even find these games because, as Naya is soon going to reveal, it for other games, it's very, very, very hard to find any oh, traces. Very of them. hard. So yeah, that's it for me. So go ahead, Naya, about Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay, so um, I'll try to cover. I'll, I'll cover um, before Crisis and other the Final Fantasy games because because <laughs> that's just the one I've had experience in. So uh, one of the games uh that where Enix did during the time they did many games. They did Final Fantasies one, two, uh, four, seven, and as well as some other obscure ones as well. The one I'll go over with the kind of the most sought after one is Before Crisis Final Fantasy Seven. A game where it takes place six six yeah, six years before the events of Final Fantasy Seven. You get to choose your own Turk. You get to name them and and basically just perform uh with the go on missions and enjoy scenarios through the events of Final Fantasy Seven. Running into care uh, characters from the past and running from char characters that 
that are new to the to the series, you get to play as the turtle, you get to complete missions, you get to generate materia with with your phone's camera just by taking a picture of a of 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 something. You can oh, rescue cool. your friends. Yeah. You can you can rescue your friends from Avalanche. You can even request materia from friends to uh to perform summons. And they they even added a gold sauce uh a gold saucer where you can actually go and um and do uh mini mini games or whatever from the uh Final Fantasy Seven game and they even had a battle square where you could face other players in a real time action. So unlike where you know in Final Fantasies one through seven, you know, it's just stand, wait, and attack. This is a, a like a real time action game where you can navigate through maps of like Medgar icicle in and and there's even a, an exclusive weapon mode and everything it's just there's a lot about the game that still isn't shown and there's basically there's a lot to choose from such as what type of turkey to choose um, what material to have what weapons to have and they all have different uh different abilities different speeds and stuff that adds a little more challenge to the game and it ran on a number of different phones. There was also Dirge of Kerberos Lost Episode, which acted as more of a prequel to the Dirge of Kerberos PS2 game. And this, and I, I should mention this before, but the Before Crisis game can be found pre-installed on a W51H cell phone. The the Lost Episode Dirge of Kerberos game could be found pre-installed on, on P903i. This game, the Lost Episode, it did make its way to North America, but what's interesting about this game is that it's a 3D game. If anything, it's I forget what game it's referred to, but it's basically it's a shooting game where where you you play as Vincent Valentine, you're running around, and you can and you actually it's like a you go from third person to first person, and then you can start shooting, you know, deep ground and everything, and it was just it was really cool. Another game is Final Fantasy VII Snowboarding, where it's just simply a port of the snowboarding minigame that you play in Final Fantasy 7. But not much uh, documentation is made available for snowboarding. It's also one of the least sought-after games for it because it's just snowboard. It's, it's nothing... It doesn't provide anything special like Dirge of Kerberos and Before Crisis. And another thing to add is that Dirge of Kerberos Lost Episode, it did have a story mode. So it wasn't just a run-around shoot game. It actually had story... Which was really incredible because some some of these uh, IMO games they have like actual story and dialogue to the to the games, which and they and they the three D graphics capability it was really pretty decent for a for a flip phone game, unlike something that North America phones could do. I, I, and I, I would imagine that the. Um... You said the snowboarding game is the least sought after, but uh, I I would love to see it, but I'm I'm guessing it's not heavy on the storyline there. Um, actually, um, I did come across a YouTube video that claimed that it was the snowboarding video for I mean a game for the Verizon phone, and I asked and said, hey, so um, you said this is the this is for the for the um you know Verizon cell phone. Is this true? Is this really actually footage? And he said, yes, it is. I record on my on my phone. I don't remember which one but i did record record it i do not know which phone he used as he seemed because he filmed it years and years ago but video footage 
footage of it does exist on YouTube if you were to type in Final Fantasy VII snowboarding. That's awesome. It is. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> yeah also important to bring up um, how how like how, how many chapters of Before Crisis there were because it faces a little oh, bit yeah. of a problem because on the Rockman games all of the chapters like Five Islands had five chapters and the EXE games had eight chapters and all of those could fit on a single phone, no storage issues, despite there already being limited storage. But there's another problem that we'll talk about with Before Crisis. Oh, yes. Um, so Before Crisis had uh, 20, it would have up, up to 24 chapters. However, the number of chapters available for each Turk actually varied. So one Turk would be able to play from chapters 1 to 24 um, a Turk like Cisne, or is known as Shuriken, a fan favorite uh, Turk by many Final Fantasy fans. Uh, she's only playable from 19 to 24 and I actually had to dig deep into the internet, into Japanese forums, and, fi and find out you know which Turk is playable from which chapter. So they all have different chapters. And they even have their own little scripts. There's nothing major in change of scripts other than names, but slight little variation differences. So it makes it feel more like an actual JRPG game rather than just a copy and paste type project. And not all of them could fit on one phone, right? Like that, like, like if you install a new chapter, doesn't it auto-delete the previous chapter? Yeah, um, due to the limitations of... Uh, data transfer cell phones and stuff like that um they designed it so that it could down it could download the data and store it temporarily that's where the scratch pad term comes in and once you're finished with that chapter if you want to go do chapter two three or or whatever the new chapter then it would get rid of the previous chapters and download new, new one your saved data is stored on a data on a server in in somewhere in Square Enix. I don't even know if it still exists. It probably does. But yeah. locked and forgotten, most likely. Yeah, so that's the main problem where, like, we can just find a Rocketman phone and say, oh, wow, all the chapters are on here. But with Before Crisis, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong now, but I think it's virtually impossible to find one phone that has all 24 chapters. Like, if you want to get the full original game, you're going to have to get different phones with different chapters on them, right? Yep, that is that's correct. At at the time, yeah, because even though they were, even though it was made for three, uh, even though three companies did distribute the uh, game, there was still there was a a lot um a lot of data to come to uh to get if you wanted to get the entire full game. That that just sounds. Uh, I mean, I understand it from from a technical perspective. You need to remove uh some unused data to fit the other chapters of course but from a preservationist standpoint that makes it very very hard to preserve that game how how much is preserved uh of, um, of that so, specific game <laughs> so um for so for before crisis video wise we have chapters 1 through 24 with the perk known as shotgun or freya being played the actual demo itself, the Before Crisis Final Fantasy VII Chapter One demo that you can play as Rod, I I have I have it in my in my possession, and I'm looking into helping preserve the game. It's been hard, but we've been getting there. Um, 
I've also worked with other people to help find uh, scripts and scripts and dialogues for the chapters for various people. I've only been able to find chapters one through twenty-four for Rod. Not much script cha- changing there, but I did find some dialogue that was not in the the videos, as in like you know, what if you what if you did. Okay, if you just succeed, you'll get this message. But what if you fail? There's got to be a message there. And then I found what it says. So that's there too. And I found out that some Turks were made exclusive only on services such as the SoftBank or AU version on this day. But then as time went on, eventually it got added added to the this version later, which I still have yet to find. Finding all this stuff, especially from a 2004 era game that lasted as long as to like 2006 or 7 for adding new content is very hard especially with um where the websites that host these information are slowly little by little going down but I'm also archiving all the information and trying to make it as public as possible yeah that that has to be hard I'm thank you for for doing all that hard work and yeah content Content from that era, um, websites, of course, go down. And uh, yeah, just the, the fact that they're deleting the, the previous chapter, I, I can't get over that. Uh, but then actually finding information about the game uh, itself can definitely be really hard, especially from that time period. Oh, yeah. The, uh, and to them, uh, what was it? They wanted to make a full game at first. Like, they thought they could. Like, but they found out what it was the phone's limitation that caused them to make that decision. But then, as time went on, by the time they had a by the time they had a phone such as the P nine hundred three I, which could, which it has a method where it can actually download the iAppli data to the SD card. By that time, towards the end of two thousand six, and we were going to two thousand seven, and that's where. Steve Jobs comes in and says, hey, look, we got an iPhone. And then that's where I'm sure Square was just like, oh, okay, maybe we're just going to hold off on this. While I haven't found any sources to that, I have seen what they've been able to do with iAppli. And I have myself coded with iAppli. I'm not an expert. I just, I've, I've, um, I've coded with it. And I think, if anything, they would have, they definitely would have made it a full game mm-hmm. if Steve had not come out with, uh, with the iPhone. So uh, Apple killed Final Fantasy. <laughs> Apple killed <laughs> before Crisis Final Fantasy VII because because um I do have documentation I have video documentation and I, as well as I have even um English scan proof that there is a North that a North America version of Before Crisis does does exist. It was in the works but never released. Yes, yeah, something happened like. Like there's a video called Square Enix 2000 Square Enix Party 2007 Before Crisis, and if you were to pause throughout the game, I mean throughout the video and play it slowly, you'll notice that the Turks are their scripts are in English, and it's actually a video. It's not a screenshot. It's, it's a video footage. It's very small, very hard to see. I didn't pick it up until a year before, and then that's where also I started figuring out that um. If I had known about all of this in 2016, whatever, 
I would have been able to act. We would have been able to access the iMode uh, website and pages of these stores on your computer with the with Docomo's iMode HTML simulator if you had a VPN. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know it got a little bit complicated, but I hope I hope people can follow with that. So, um, so we we covered. Uh... Rockman games, Final Fantasy games. What other games were there? Okay, um, so we had a game such as Ace Attorney, Gyaku Ten, Saibon, Yomi Dairu, Gyaku Ten, uh, and they were like the Rockman games, downsized versions of Ace Attorney. There was also Professor Layton. Uh, Professor Layton had P- Professor Layton Mobile R from 2012-2014 on Dokimo. And the game collection with other content. There were other Professor Layton games, but we still have yet to find other um, games because I I have some of the demos of them on my phone. There's also Monster Hunter, where and this was a port of Monster Hunter G, Japanese only for the PS2. There's also Katamari. Katamari. Wait, wait. They they did a PS2 port for mobile phones in 2006. PS2 port, PS2 port, kind kind of the the Monster Hunter game is a full Ow. the iMod one. It's a full 3D fledged uh, Monster Hunter game, and we do have video proof of this game. That's really cool. Yeah, um, and a nice theme too is, and so far almost all these games: Rockman, Final Fantasy, Ace Attorney, Professor Layden, M- Monster Hunter. They actually have cell phones out there that do have pre-installed demos installed on the phone. So you can actually buy them. And if you're lucky, you can get them. Another one that I skipped over I should have talked about is the Persona Shin Megami Tensei series. This is where Personas 1, 2, and 3 were on on iMode and no, just i mode. Um, for uh, the these type of games for Persona, they'd be unique ones, such as Idis Last Mission, where it do- it dove deeper into Idis's backstory. Something that I don't think we've seen in Persona Three, and Idis is a very very popular fan favorite character amongst Persona Three fans. There was also a online Persona mobile game where you get to. Basically, you're a transfer student. You go to um, Gecko Tan High in Persona 3, and you actually get to go to Tartarus. You get to enjoy your school life. You get to do Confidant. So imagine Persona 3, but your cell phone, but you get to team up with your friends and go to Tartarus and all that stuff. That's really cool. And sadly, no video documentation of this exists. Only screenshots and archived web pages of its existence, which is sad because. That just sounds so cool that you get to do that. And there are some more uh, obscure Persona 3 IMO ports. There's also some, uh, like, I would say, like, unofficial sequel games for, like, Personas 1 and 2. And But video footage for these games are very hard to find. Or or when you find them, it's really hard to uh, to read them. I know someone filmed themselves filmed the gameplay of the uh persona one game but 
took it down, but then someone else apparently also had it downloaded before that happened. So these videos, they'll one one minute they're here, and, and then the next day when you're about to download them, they're they're gone for whatever reason. No idea why. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> and then uh, and let's see. They also had Tatamari, Tatamari, Damacy Mobile. 2007, you tilt the phone to control the game. Oh yeah, I have that game. Yeah, that's a fun, it's a fun game. Uh, Gesture Tech iMobile detected vibration via camera. Yeah, so it's like dumb, really like, it's crazy to think like, they, they somehow used the camera of the phone and, you, and they somehow detected vibration and tilt or something like that. So you can just tilt the cell phone to control the Katamari. It's, it's wild. Oh yeah, I, I have that, yeah. I'm able to, that's what I'm able to do. It's really fun. Is it pretty accurate? Well, that's pretty accurate, yeah. I, I'd say so, yeah. It's it's real it's a really fun game. I there there are several cell phones that you could buy that have the Katamari demo on it. Really fun. Cool. <clears throat> and then there's also a Devil May Cry game. I don't know much about it, but I know that a demo Devil May Cry IMO game does exist. And it's also another one of the, the games that has a, a, a pre-installed game on a phone out there. I forget which one. It's one of the Sharp phones. <clears throat> and then, and then uh, we also have Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball Mobile for 2008, where they had stuff like Monkey Ball Bowling, Sega Monkey Ball. And again, Super Monkey Ball is another game you could find on one of the cell phones. I believe it's the S0905i. That game will that phone is capable of having a pre-installed demo of Super Monkey Ball. I haven't really seen like I haven't really played it, but I've I've seen it and it looks pretty pretty good. It's a 3D game and stuff. Next is um Sonic. So very so very so Sonic there's very it was kind of like Make uh, Rock Man a little bit, whereas they had, you know, Sonic Tennis, Sonic Golf, Sonic um, Poker. They also had, um, they also had ports of the Sonic's one and two games, and they're and they're they're really fun. What's really unique about them is the music. Seeing as how you have to change the music to accommodate for the for their phones, that it was really, it was really nice. Oh yes, Sonic Napoleon, the card game. It's yeah, and, it's funny. The title screen's really funny. It's just Sonic with, yeah. a, with like a with a hat, but yeah, it's a card it game. Is. <laughs> and then we also got to talk about, and this is kind of a big one, is Kingdom Hearts Coded. We all know about Kingdom Hearts Recoded, but that re stands for something. So Kingdom Hearts Coded, it was originally on Dokemo phones, and some and at the time when they were making those those games, uh. You were actually able to download the entire game, and but partial data would would remain on the phone, and then the rest of the data would be on your SD card, and it's able to kind of you know switch back and forth. So you're actually able to enjoy a full fledged game, which is really cool. And this this game is installed pre-installed on a P-01A phone. Many people on Twitter have been actually finding this phone and pl- and playing the game and talking about it, which I am so glad they are because it's 
it's so cool to play and so weird to play Kingdom Hearts on a cell phone. But it's really <laughs> yep. fun. It's fun. And then we also have um uh initial D. Uh Rock Rockman, do you want to talk about uh, Cosmos, do you want to talk about initial D? I feel like you'd know more about initial D than I do. Uh I might be the same level of knowledge as you are, but um yeah, a few days ago on the feature phone preservation server that we'll talk about later. I saw someone talking about these games and they listed them. And yeah, it, it's very interesting how they're, let's see, they got Initial D 3D Battle and 3D Battle Plus. They got Initial D2, Initial D3. And there's very little info out on this. Like I, I did a lot of research on these games and I can find very, very little information, but I assume they're probably akin to a racing game. I think it might be 3D. But that's something I definitely got to look deeper into. But someone was talking about it in the server a few days ago. And I just saw that and decided to include it in there because that's really, really hard to find. And that goes for most of these games. So I'll just, I'll, if it's okay with you now, yeah, I'll just cover the last two things on here. Oh, go for it. Yeah, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, so the next game, a series I'll talk about is Metal Gear. So Metal Gear Solid, they made that for Brew. And they have, I think, um, let me check my archives. I think they have um, a specific phone for Metal Gear. And I think... Oh, really? For Metal Gear, huh? I think there was. It's the W62S. W62S, really? Yeah, it says Metal Gear Solid 4 W62S Special Collaboration. I think that might have had something to do with that game. But also in Metal Gear Solid 4, they're holding that specific phone model. And I think that's a good time to bring up that um, if I guess some, some Final Fantasy fans will know that the flip phones used in um, in Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, those are real um, feature phones from Japan. And also in Advent Children, the animated movie for Final Fantasy VII, they have that real life flip phone. And now it actually owns one of them. So maybe you can talk a little more about it. We, uh, we, we, we... Um, we will after we go over on what uh, the rest of the games that that does exist. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sure, well, because sure. I, I do I do want to also mention about um. There's also Dragon Quest games, and and if anything, at this point, it may seem like we we've mentioned all the games. That's all the games we know. There are still more games games that i have not even heard about but where if you say to someone in japan they'll be like oh no that's nostalgia yeah yeah i gotta mention one of them before you quickly move on it's um ease and that's a <laughs> yeah definitely a classic um rpg series and they had a lot of games that i did not know much about i have to credit a user named abstraction um he was able to fill me in on a lot of this information because if you go on the wikipedia page for list of east material um, these things are actually not listed. And apparently he tried editing the Wikipedia page, but they took down his edits because there was like too many games or something like that. It was weird. But yeah, they have a lot of ones. So for example, they have Shin East 1 3D, which is a full unique 3D remake of East 1. They have Shin East 1 3D Gaiden, which is a completely original full-length game starring a character named Doji. Um, there is video footage of this available um, online, which is very rare um and then they have a few other ones east fortune east heroines so these are kind of puzzle games that have a different flavor to them basically kind of like reskins of them with east characters 
they have pinball, they got solitaire, different versions of solitaire <laughs> with different characters. And then this one is a little interesting called East Nexus, which is apparently a, a massive multiplayer online RPG. And I have not been able to find much info on that. So as you can see, a lot of there are so many games out here. And as Naya said, we're only scraping the surface of what's there. But on the games that we do know, there's so much more to discover. And so there's a lot of info out there. Like the Rockman games are blessed with um, at least some gameplay footage. But other games, like I was talking about, like the initial D games, um, yeah, very, very little info is out on them. So that's that's a pretty good yes. cover of the types of games that are out there. Um, and another thing to note is... Um... Although the websites might be going down, <laughs> there's one thing you can't take down, and that is magazines. Famitsu, Famitsu, and there are there are some magazines called Famitsu or IMO magazines, and they do talk about um, some of these IMO games. So if you're someone out there who wants to help try to look for information for these type of games, um, Famitsu would be a, a a a good place to start, and it would be kind of hard to to get to it because not many people. You know, like to talk about what's in the magazines for some reason, but but either way, that's a good place to start if you can't find anything on the internet. So that that's a that's a lot of games, and yeah. many many of them. So we again, you've only talked about the the ones that you know here, and that's a lot of original games as well um, that have completely unique content, uh, completely unique games that have not been ported. You you mentioned um kingdom hearts recoded um so that's a kind of a remake of kingdom hearts coded i i assume yeah uh, yeah it is but but most of these have not seen uh, the light of day on any other platforms yeah, yeah unfortunately that is, that's, that's true sadly however is that the the, the shin megami tensei right didn't wasn't that re-released on g mode right not oh yet. yes, um, a company named Gmode who has had experience before making uh, 2D games. They also recently were able to uh, port a game, an iMode exclusive game, to Nintendo Switch called Shin Megami Tensei: Last Bible. Oh right, I remember seeing that. Um... Yeah, so um, as of now, technically, uh, I mean they're kind of the ones you would kind of want to go to and say, hey, you know, we we want this IMO game for Nintendo Switch. And I think it's doing well. I mean, from my to my knowledge, I don't know if it got released yet, but all I know is that they seem to be very enthused about uh, these type of games. So they, they'd be really good to request, you know, because if you, you know, if you let the companies know you want them, then they'll do it eventually as exactly. passes shown us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the interesting thing about G Mode archives, I forgot when this was started, I think 2020. But G Mode itself was a publisher for feature phone games. So as Naya said, they made 2D feature phone games. And with their G Mode archive series, they were re-releasing the games that they published themselves. And it's important to note that these are actually um, recreations in Unity of these games, but they're very, very faithful recreations. And I have a suspicion that they that they do have access to the source code to make such faithful recreations. But more recently, they've made another line called Gmode Archives Plus. And the plus basically indicates that this is something that's from another publisher. Gmode did not publish this in the past. And one of the biggest 
I guess, collaborations in the Archives Plus series was with, I think, Sega on Shin Megami Tensei, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. I, I think, yeah. But so a lot of people are saying, oh, well, with Capcom, like, G-Mode should get together with Capcom and try to recreate those Rockman games for the G-Mode Archives Plus um, Unity recreations that they're releasing. But so far, we haven't seen any, any, any evidence of that, but we're, I'm, my fingers are crossed that those games will come out on G-Mode because right now those are our best bet. And actually, one more thing that well, we forgot to mention about Before Crisis is um, an upcoming game by Square Enix. Um, it, it's, a, it's a mobile game for Android and iOS, and it's called um, Ever Crisis Final Fantasy VII. And maybe Naira can get into a little bit of the, of the gist of that game. Oh, yeah, to make it quick, basically for the first time ever, uh, fa- fans worldwide will be able to experience the stories from Before Crisis, the Japan mobile exclusive game for for uh, for iOS and Android. And this is supposed to happen around in 2022, but we don't know when we'll get the Before Crisis part. But either way, fans will be able to see Before Crisis in some way, just not in the original way that I think of but yeah so that is that is happening in terms of iMode games you know actually getting re-released in a in a in a way well that's great news yeah very good news yeah yeah that's awesome so you you um so these games um that you mentioned here some of them came on uh unique phones as well you you mentioned the metal gear phone already so what what other unique phones are out there <laughs> um so i would say by um by by style a uh, very recognizable recognizable phone is the final fantasy 7 phone the one used by the turks in crisis core by by zach by cloud kadage and advent children just basically if you see a black cell phone that is the p900 iv it is a real cell phone and you can still you can still buy it. Um, I would say the only special thing about that is that you know it's capable of playing before Crisis. It does come pre-installed with a Final Fantasy One game, and it does have some ringtones and avatars from the Final Fantasy Seven series, which is really it's really unique. And another one, this is can be a probably get, get a lot of people's attention: a Windows Seven phone known <laughs> as the F zero seven C. It is a two-in-one cell phone and computer. So, and I even have it right here in front of me. It's a actual cell phone where you can press a button and it'll switch right over to Windows 7. Not some mobile obscure version of Windows 7. It's actually Windows 7 in your hands. It's just, it's not as fast as an actual, um, as other computers obviously, but it is a real, is real computer technology in your hands it's a it's like a smartphone but you slide it and you're able to use a keyboard for the gaming as well and yes one can actually install their own os on the on the windows 7 portion of it people have installed mac linux windows xp 7 vista 8 even 10 (laughs) yeah and so this is a very unique phone because there is not a cell phone in this, you know, that I can think of that that can actually do this type of thing and still access a cell phone. 
it's a bit expensive, but it's it's really interesting. One person on YouTube has been actually playing around with the F07C phone and has been able to install very unique OSs on it and stuff. Another one is there's a Gundam themed phone. This is a the this is the 945SH cell phone from SoftBank. It's a really unique one, one mainly because of its um appearance and and I think it comes with like some Gundam model kit. I'm not much of a Gundam person, but the cell phone does look cool. And then there's also a Neon Genesis Evangeline phone which comes with a very unique theme wallpaper from the Neon Genesis Evangeline series. And Ooh. so far, that's about it for the unique feature phone in terms of like style and everything. So they come with um, pre-installed games, as you mentioned. Uh, so mm -hmm. if I wanted to play some of these games, I could look for them on eBay or Yahoo Auctions or something similar? Yahoo Auctions would be your best bet as they are a little more cheaper over there. Um, eBay eBay is not something to rule out. I mean, you could look over there, but sometimes they'll just they'll list on uh, Mercari Yahoo Auctions for like twenty dollars, and then they'll go on eBay and list it for three hundred dollars. So before you, so before you try to buy on eBay, look on Buy real quickly because I've seen it where it's like exactly the same photo. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're the same person. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> But but then again, it's a little bit understandable in some cases where because you know you gotta pay for extra worldwide shipping and everything. Um, yes. Yeah, so the the best places as of now that I could think of, if you're like in if you're not living in Japan, you can go to um, you can, you can buy from Mercari or Yahoo Auctions Japan, and you can use a service such as Buyi or White Rabbit, whichever one you prefer, and they're able to ship it to your area um i would say the only thing that you may run into trouble to is if you try to buy three phones with um with the lithium batteries then they might have to tell you you know hey we can't ship it here or you have to pay at a higher rate for the shipping because the lithium batteries you know they they can be explosive if they are tampered with they're, they could be they could be pretty dangerous things, so that's why they have to be very cautious about it. They do have a list of what they do and don't sell and everything. They've they've sold me many phones with lithium batteries in it, so it shouldn't really be that much of a trouble for anyone wanting to do it. And, and those batteries are are getting older as well, so they can become spicy pillows, um, which is not good. Yeah, I got four. I got forty of them, so <laughs> I got like, <laughs> yeah, who knows. So uh, if if I were to buy uh, a few phones here, uh, is there anything I should know about uh, like pre-installed games? Can I just run them immediately if I were to buy, let's say I bought yes, 10 phones yesterday, uh, today. Could I just run them? Yes. It, so if you were to, let's use Rockman as an example. If you purchase the, this is the one. So Dokimo phones, um, if you buy like an SH-10C and you want Rockman, the only thing you would have to worry about is if the phone does if if the game exists on the phone and if it does and you can see it right there go mm -hmm. ahead and run it but if you do see it there and you can't run it well congratulations you have a purchased game a, a lost one um oh interesting 
yes, I have quite a few phones with a lot of purchased games that I still am looking for documentation on because I have no idea what they are and I can't start them. Um, next one is AU. So AU has Brew. And the interesting thing about that is um, for the demos, if you do not have the SIM card, you will not be able to access the game folder. So let's say if you buy W51H and you're hoping to play Before Crisis, um, you will not be able to access the application folder where the apps are unless you have the SIM, the SIM card that it was used to activate it. And I didn't realize how fortunate I was until after my second or third, no, my second W51H and how everyone else was telling me that, you know, that they bought W51Hs and they didn't, you know, have the SIM card. And by all means, you are, obviously, you're allowed to ask, you know, the seller, hey, um, could you please include the SIM card so that I can play the games? But normal, sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll do it. But then they don't do it. I've seen it happen mm. a couple of times where, they, where they, they ask the seller to do it. And then they say, yeah, and then they don't do it. Sad. SoftBank, however, it's a little bit weird and obscure. They don't have much pre-installed games. One thing I could think of is the game called Corona, Corona, or something like that. Either way, these SoftBank games, the demos, you, you're not, you can't launch them unless you have access to 3G network. At least to my understanding, I'm still trying to figure out more about these SoftBank games. More like LockBank at times. <laughs> <laughs> so that that, that sounds like the uh, Xbox One always online debacle. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so yeah, and um, I. Um, I, uh, I'm also, I am working on a list to compiling a list of like what Dokomo cell phone game has, which game so that others can be more motivated to get, to go buy these phones. Cause we, we need more people to get these phones so that hopefully one day, one of them will say, I really want to mod this phone. I want to do this and that and everything. So because information like this. So as of now can kind of only be discovered if, if you know, you know, Japanese and search in Japanese, but we also need to do it for the other people in the world who speak and read different languages. Yeah, and that's a big thing that I was going to emphasize about this whole thing is buying these phones, it's it's like a giant lottery, basically, because you don't know if that, that game is going to be on there. You don't know if the owner has deleted that or in the case of a, of a phone that has brew game, for example, you don't know if that, SIM card is going to be in there. I know that. I, I forgot how many. Tr I, I think it. I, I'm not sure how many tries it took you to get before Crisis demo, but one. It's definitely like a lottery. Oh, it took one try. It took one try, and then when I tried finding another one, which I did, it took me about three phones. However, the W51H, it um, it it kept appearing once every five or seven months, and yeah, I looked every day. I looked. And it, oh, and then one thing I should throw in there is a little method I discovered. So let's say you see a phone and someone says, uh, oh, I can't turn the phone on. It doesn't work. Well, <laughs> it does work. You just don't have a battery. But then what if the screen doesn't work? Well, the nice thing is, is unlike the iPhones, where if you switch, a, if you switch boards and switch parts or whatever, it won't work. But with these Dogma phones, if you're, let's say if you buy a P900IV and the screen doesn't work, if you were to buy another functioning one, you could just take a screwdriver, open it, disconnect the cable that that connects to that connects the screen to the board. Just disconnect it. You won't break it I mean, unless you try. And then you could just switch it, rescrew everything back, 
turn it on, boom, you got you got yourself a working phone. I've done this, and I was able to find Kingdom Hearts Coded, Dirge of Kerberos Lost Episode, and a bunch of other purchased games that I did not expect to find. Um, but at times, I, I did try this, and I didn't get much. So, But basically, yeah, if you do end up buying a phone that somehow bro- comes as broken, there's a way to fix it. And you don't have to be a tech expert to, to really fix it. All you're doing is just switching connecting cables that's all you're doing oh that's 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 great news it is great news and and i found out about it and yeah so where where are we at with preservation of these games right now what what's the status of preservation oh okay um cosmos do you want me to talk about that or or do you want to talk about that actually Uh... cosmos I think it'd be a good idea for you to talk about, it, especially with the SH10C, mainly yeah. because of you can't you can't find. I would love for you to talk about that. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, uh, it's a really 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 deep rabbit hole with how um, preserving these games works because it's it's very very difficult. I guess that there there are many different hurdles that we have to go over, and I guess the first hurdle that's important to address is it's very, very hard to even obtain a phone with these games on it, much less like an actual purchase commercial game. Because as Naya was talking about, um, a lot of these games are, um, that, that are on the phone already, they're just demos, they're not the full games. In order to find um, the full games, you gotta find someone um, who's probably in Japan who has this game on their phone. And that's, it's very difficult because I guess due, due to the culture of Japan, a lot of people don't share, um, I, I guess there's a little bit of a cultural difference in doing preservation. I think it really has to do with um, the, the very, very strict piracy laws over there. And, and they're, a little, um, they're a little more reluctant to help us um, secure, secure these phones. And that's it's, it's completely understandable, but that does make it a little harder to um, find these phones in the first place. And I'm very grateful for the person who is able to donate their SH-10C phone to our Rockman preservation team. Um, they, they were able to give that to us, send it over to the US. And now that phone is in the safe. We haven't touched that phone <laughs> because we want to make sure that phone is all safe and sound because it has the entirety of both of those Rockman.exe games. So I think that our Rockman project, Nias told me, we think that we're probably the furthest along of any other team out there in terms of you are. Getting... We are okay. There we go. Awesome confirmation. Yeah, so we are like the farthest team I think to get um, one of these commercial games off of the phone. And interestingly, uh, it's kind of neat how um, the EXE games and Five Islands, um, both of those are kind of in different camps of difficulties in trying to get the, to the phone. So I'll, I'll start with Five Islands since that one's a little easier to explain. So as I said earlier, um, Rockman Dash Five Island Adventure, um, our copy is stuck on a micro SD card. It's the full copy of the game, all five islands. And the owner, uh, she used to live in Japan, and she gave um, her she gave her contract away, canceled it after she left and moved back to the U.S. So currently, these games are on a micro SD card. We can see the name of the game and the files in each island, but they're unplayable because we don't have an active um, original. Um, Docomo SIM card that was used to get that game. So currently, the game is stuck on the SD card, and one might think, oh, well, you could just put the micro SD into a computer, and there you have it, the files. Unfortunately, alas, it is not that easy because um, they're all encrypted. 
And that is really the, the main problem with a lot of these games that are on SD cards because they're encrypted by something called a C2 Cryptomeria cipher. And in order to get into the, in order, in order to decrypt these games, you basically need that encrypted data, a substitution box or an S box and decryption keys. And these decryption keys are specific to um, each phone model. So when we first found these games in the summer of last year, um, I reached out to some professors, a Danish and a German professor who authored a study on cracking this cipher. And I said, well, all we have is the encrypted data, but we don't have the S box and we don't really have the decryption keys. So what's the probability of us getting into this data? And the professors told me, unfortunately, it is mathematically impossible. So that was a big bummer for a little bit. But luckily, recently, a team member named Bincap, um, he was able to oh. find the Cryptomeria Cipher's S-Box. And that was a really big thing. And he was also able to help us do a more complete dump of our micro SD card. And we were able to get some decryption keys. But the only thing is, we need one more, we, we need one more device key that's inside our phone's firmware. So right now, our team is trying to get um, if I find a way to dump that one specific phone's firmware in order to get that one device key, and hopefully once we get that key, we can use that and the S-Box to crack that cipher and hopefully access the raw Java game files, assuming that there aren't any more layers of encryption. So that's the SD card aspect. And I know of many other games that are in a very similar situation to ours on different phone models, of course, but it's the same thing where they're encrypted and it's very, very hard to break the decryption. And although we do have an S-Box now, um, though, though those games are on other devices, the device models, and they have different decryption keys and device keys. So really, it's kind of like an every phone for himself kind of situation. And luckily with our phone, we're kind of hopefully one step away, but we will see how that develops. So that's on the Five Islands front. And with the Rockman.exe games, that's another can of worms. So the games that, well, yeah, the phone that we have, the SH10C, which Nayo was talking about earlier, it has the entirety of both games, um, all eight chapters for each game. And it also has the S, um, an active SIM card, which means that we can play these games. Um, it's not like Five Islands where we're kind of blocked off. We know that these games are active and they're functional. So really, um, to put it simply, we got to find a way to get to these Java files that are inside the phone's storage or the phone, the phone itself. So it's been a really, really long journey. Um, there are many different ways of getting to this, this center. But right now, what we're trying to do is dump the phone's NAND chip. And basically, we, we want to analyze that for system structures. And then from there, we're going to analyze the SH10C's file system to determine a way of locating where these game files are on the phone. But unfortunately, we have run into difficulties reading this chip. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure what the specifics are, but right now the programmer can only read the first block of data. But this first block of data contains the code of the initial bootloader stage which means that if we can reverse engineer the bootloader, we could get a full dump of that NAND chip. And from then on, we can, we can proceed. And then there's another way that we could do, which is um, um, our phone has a browser called the iMode browser. And if we can try to exploit that browser, we could, I think we could find a way to get into the phone. Um, I'm a little more fuzzy on this, but 
like we, we, we theorized that if we made our own carrier network um, with like with this thing called open BTS, um, we could access the iMode browser and then try to get into the phone from there. Or we can acquire a Docomo femtocell and spoof the GPS to work outside of Japan with our phone. It's yeah, it gets very, very messy, very quick, <laughs> but it's what? Sorry. Oh, one thing I, I do want to note is that the SH10C, while it is a cell phone, it's, it does have Wi-Fi. So you can actually like connect it to a Wi-Fi network. So that's why we consider this possibility, I believe, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's why. Yeah. yeah, our phone is, yeah, it's, it's a, we're, we're very, very lucky to have this type of phone because I think we we're able to find the schematics on the FCC <laughs> website, which is yeah. really, really, really hard to come by for these kinds of phones. So thankfully... Now that we know the schematics of the phone, once we do dump that NAND chip and all that jazz, um, it'll, it'll be easier for us to locate where exactly these um, Java files are located on the phone. But essentially, for the past almost two years at this point, that's what we've been working on. And I think as a small side tangent, I want to mention, um, well, I want to highlight this one group member of our project. Um, his username is Craze. And I think, Jonas, mm -hmm. you brought up in the beginning um that the zebo console right mm -hmm. yeah so and that um stop skeletons from fighting video a lot of the footage of that zebo console is actually from um that team member's channel oh and awesome yeah his, yeah his name is craze and i just want to just want well, to briefly mention his work because um he he lives in kiev ukraine and he has been at the epicenter of this um terrible war that's been going on over there and 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 he was directly affected by the war, and he had to move into a bomb shelter. But in a in a, in a an amazing act of pres perseverance and courage, he left his bomb shelter in the early months of the war to rescue our project's test phones and equipment. And oh, when he wow. returned to his shelter, he continued testing and assisting the feature phone community. So it's absolutely incredible that like this he he basically risked his life for our project, but he continued to assist this community like he would send pictures of the phones and it's very obvious that he's not in a very you know well-lit location so right from the bomb shelter he's been yeah he's been just working at it and now luckily he is safe and he's doing okay but that shows the amount of effort and maybe a little bit of explanation for why progress on our rockman side has been a little slow and it's just because of this terrible conflict so maybe um in the blog post that will accompany this podcast i could have a link to a fundraiser for him because if, if anyone wants to support his situation um they should they, they can go to that link and help him out but i just thought that'd be worth highlighting just how passionate some people can get about this and yeah crazes um act is just absolutely incredible and i can't appreciate him enough. he has been a wonderful help yeah he's Sorry, one of the most knowledgeable yeah 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 no problem yeah he's one of the most knowledgeable people i've ever met um, about these kinds of phones, mm -hmm. and he's the main Very. person. Who's, yeah, he's the main person who's working on trying to dump this NAND chip. And as we speak right now, he's analyzing the bootloader, trying to find a way if we can reverse engineer it to get into that phone file system. But yeah, so the Rockman project, both both games, the EXE games and Five Islands, they're pretty good examples of the two cruxes that we're all facing. And the SD card one especially is something that is very very hard to solve with this encryption. Yeah, we'll, then, we'll definitely link to um, whatever fundraiser is needed, 100%. Um, well, that's that's really fascinating. So there there's several layers for the encryption um, mm -hmm. that 
I mean, you're you're locking down the game, not just by uh, with encryption, but also when you require specific SIM cards or when you require a 3G connection as well. Um, there are so many layers just to um, throw off any any attempt at piracy here, uh, which also then throws off many attempts of preservation. Um, so it's really cool to see that you're you're you've gotten so far already, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of work to be done. Yeah, a lot. Um, and then let's see, and then I would say the next game that would come in like second place of how far it's gotten to dump um dumping, but still haven't dumped yet was uh before Crisis Final Fantasy Seven. The CPU that is in the W five one H, there are there's a method called J J Tide, which is used to um, they can use to get access to the, you know, to the the was it the firmware and dump it, but the problem is the method we have right now, um, it does like it'll dump the firmware, but it'll only be able to access half of of it, it and you'll be able to see what what type of files like what the name of files are in that dump, but you won't be able to access the actual files itself. And that's mainly just because Japanese hardware, you know, they're they're more closed. They don't sell it overseas, so they've been able to keep many trade secrets and everything. So that's what made it hard. Made it hard. So therefore, before crisis, it's we just need a NAND reader that can read a specific NAND chip. And we're trying to look for data sheets, but they are they are hard. And then the next phone that actually has been dumped. A, an actual Dokuma phone that has been dumped is the M7, M702IS and the M702IG, basically just Japanese versions of Motorola Razor phones. But even those phones didn't have any special iAppley in them. They run a weird type of doja for for international uh, purposes. But other than that, yes, yeah, so far, the M702IS, IG, the... SH10C and W51H are the are the ones that are being worked on, and then Craze has actually been able to dump various AU phones with um while actually getting to user data. Oh, awesome! I mean, we we actually did dump some demo games. So those are the um, AU phones with Brew. Yep. And we were actually able to get some demos. Sadly, no purchase games yet because really want to see if if we if we need like some type of security check to um to play the games because even in uh was it a uh, Twitlow no even in in the before Crisis Final Fantasy Seven FAQ section um they there's actually a little question that says that says, oh, a dialogue box popped up and said, you downloaded this game illegally, please purchase the game and download, which is very weird and something I never expect to see in a mobile cell phone game. So it makes me wonder, has anyone actually been successful in that, or is that just some type of precaution they made? Hmm. But anyway, yeah, so that's the stat status of the... Um, cell phone, feature phone, dumping, and whatnot. Awesome. Um, Making progress, but we need help. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Also, we haven't mentioned the emulators yet. Is that what we're going to touch on next? 
Um, yeah, so with all this preservation work going on, what um, what emulators are out there that we can hopefully use once games are dumped and available to the uh, to the preservation community? Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Emulators. 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 Side loading. Um. Let's. Okay. So currently, as of now. Um. Let's talk about. Dokimo, for uh, Dokimo. So, at the current moment. Uh. Actually, let's talk about um Brew. So there is an emulator for Android known as Melange, and this is, this is a Brew emulator. It is I. I believe it is to be the only brute emulator out there. I could be wrong, but all I know is that it does support um, brute games, and it's it still gets worked on here and there. But if like if I were to dump a game like Before Crisis, you you would be able to play it. It would it wouldn't be able to display Japanese text, but it does actually play the game playing whatnot. Next for the iApply game. Uh, made by Dokimo. A developer known as Xur uh, is working on adding iAppley support to the emulator Squirrel J, JME and J2ME loader supports uh, KJX games, which are um, that's the file format that AU uses for their uh, Java games, but it only su- supports up to a certain resolution. And it, and apparently, also as I've come to figure out, is that it can also run SoftBank games, because SoftBank, SoftBank's S Apply, that's what it's called, um, does uh, it uses MIDP 2.0, which is what J2ME uses, and actually as well, um, most Western phones, J2ME phones that I've seen, can run SoftBank games on the phone on the phones without without any modification or anything some may not load due to api differences but a majority of them can run on a lot of western phones and i'm i'm assuming once we have more more things dumped we'll have more emulator support coming out as well because we can actually try things out we're hope we're hoping so. We've we've uh we've asked the creator of J2ME lo- loader, uh Nikita, if he will add iAppley Doja support, and he said, said, and I think he stated that he would, but there at the moment there is no full game to actually start working on. Yeah. Even even though we do have we do have some like test games where where you can modify the games with with the Doja SDK and actually make your own and everything there's just there's no official games to motivate him to develop it which is understandable yeah totally makes sense totally makes sense <clears throat> and then and then now in terms of if you want to go like um if you want to go old if you want to you know do um side loading um so side loading these games like for example in like you can you can you can buy a phone like a like a like a Motorola Razor V3, and you can just use Bluetooth to transfer a Java game to that phone, easy peasy. But with um with AU, Docomo, and SoftBank, side loading is not 
is not possible at all unless you had some modification and hack or jailbreak of some type. They have it restricted so that the only way to download games onto the phone is either by Docomo's iMode contract through 3G. Wi-Fi will not work if you try to use a, a Wi-Fi web browser on your Docomo phone. It will not recognize iAbly. I've tried it, which is sad. AU is a little bit different, you, especially with brew phones. You need some type of device registration file key that I'm not... I'm not too fully aware, but all I know is that it doesn't, I mean, you have to like get it renewed or something from AU and they're, they're more difficult to test the, the phones with. SoftBank, you have to use their 3G Yahoo K-type service stuff, which also shut down. But even with, and again, even with Wi-Fi, you still won't be able to download the games. So sideloading on actual phone hardware is not possible. But there are emulators being made, you know, to make to add support for these Japanese cell phone games. Just there's no motivation yet. So, um, side loading, of course, uh, would be nice to have. But since since that's not possible, we um, we have to have the games downloaded already, uh, purchased already. Um, can you tell us about what happened right before the uh, iMode service or the iMode website rather shut down last year? Because uh, I know uh, Cosmo, you uh, you made a bunch of posts about the uh, um, iMode service here getting shut down, and people should try to help out and preserve as many games as possible. What what happened? And that, oh. yeah, that's Cosmos' direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, yeah, that was a crazy time period. Uh, yeah, I, I call it the iMode preservation crisis of 2021. Sounds dramatic, but it kind of was. Um, so yeah, so I think I forgot when Docomo officially announced that they were gonna shut down the iMode website. I, I believe it was early 2020 or very very late 2019. But I was involved with the Rockman preservation project December 2020. Going throughout 2021, we're doing our thing. We had just gotten five islands. And then on the feature form preservation server, I saw someone bring up, oh, by the way, the iMode website that hosts all the storefronts for the games, oh, it's got shut down um, November 30th. And that yeah, sucks. Thousands of games will be lost. And I was like, what? You know, that, that can't be possible. Like, I, I thought that, you know, that this would have been well known. And I looked at, um, and I started looking at, like, larger preservation organizations, I thought to myself, maybe they have this under control, but I realized that this is actually such a niche issue that a lot of these organizations were not aware of them. So in October, I wrote an open letter to video game preservation organizations, basically urging them, you know, maybe you guys could try to spread the word about these games. So although we don't have a way to currently extract them off the phones, um, maybe we could just find a way to download as many games as possible. And a big thank you to Hit Save because you were one of the first organizations to pick up that letter and spread it around. And because of you guys, actually, I joined your server. And um, and Joseph, the president of the Game Preservation Society, I was able to get in contact with him through, through you guys. And I spoke with him about the Game Preservation Society and how it could help um, download these games. And mm -hmm. after I talked with him, the Game Preservation Society launched um, a fundraising effort to download as many games as possible. 
and both, and by the deadline, which was on uh, November 30th, they're able to download 877 games. And they're all, I think, currently stored on multiple different phones. And some of them are on micro SD cards. But nonetheless, out of the thousands of games that could have been lost, we were able to get 877, including all of Sega's games, like all the Sonic games, because Sega left their store all the way up until that deadline. Meanwhile, Square Enix and Capcom uh, had already shut down their stores years earlier. But Sega was I, one of the most Sega games, as I did as I did not see the Sonic's one and two ports for um in the list. But then again, I haven't looked fully, so I don't think they got all the games. I think if Sega may have taken down some games before that time. Ah, uh, yeah, you raised a good point. Yeah, that's I mean, true. But I, I I could be wrong. Don't don't hold me to to it. <laughs> yeah, so that's really the gist of what happened there, and yeah. I'm, yeah, very, very thankful for everyone who spread around that, that open letter because that really helped kickstart these efforts to save my games and also um, pretty much re-elevated the presence of feature phone gaming. I, I wouldn't say mainstream gaming public, but it was able to have more people knowledgeable about it. That's one of the other goals of a podcast like this is just um, to have more people know about this lost era of gaming history because in a way it was basically a precursor to modern mobile gaming albeit um condensed in a specific country but it's definitely a lost and often forgotten era of gaming history and i'm just glad that through those efforts um for the past year it's been more on the radar yeah definitely makes me super happy as well i'm i'm happy we were able to uh, help out in some way here and uh, GPS over in Japan they, they did a fantastic job there downloading 877 games before the shutdown and that's just that's they great even, they even made a video of actually going on to the iMode webpage and actually like showed them actually like downloading and purchasing the game so we actually get you actually could see what um, iMode looks like and that, as, that's that's really Im- important as well. Um, I know yeah. videos like of the um, We Shop channel, uh, things like that, that um, is going away. Uh, everything that's going away, it's really important to capture good uh, footage of how those services worked. Yeah, because um, was it? Because not many. Um, was it? We because like we've we actually did find someone in the past who had the Before Crisis game. And we even asked uh, this per- person saying, hey, is the game still in service? And he downloaded and said, yeah, it still works. And then we said, oh, well, could we pay you to record footage of the game? Because we we have no way of, of giving my experience to do so. And he, and he said no. Oh, man. Even though all we said was, and we we said we don't want your phone, we don't want your info, we just want gameplay footage. We'll even provide as much money for the right phone to do it because there are some phones like the SH10C where you can hook up HDMI and you can actually re- and we can actually do a capture card and record progress of what goes on the phone and everything. And he said no, but he did provide like like a screenshot of what Final Fantasy Mobile looks like back then. But still, yeah, we, yeah. So that's to get an idea of how unique it is that we have iMode uh, website footage at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great that they did that because um, it, it's 
it's important to show like how these services worked, not just the games themselves, but actually how the forms work and um, how you purchase things to just have that that brief moment in time when <laughs> when services like this were were available. Um, it's really critical to get that uh, that footage too. I have the iMode HTML coding book, and I know how to code. Um, you know how to make a an iMode compatible website. Oh, nice! So we're we're gonna see uh, more modern websites in iMode uh, <laughs> mode. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it? There, there are several. And um, what was it? I guess another thing I should um, I guess we should also talk about is um. Besides, um, like, uh, I've, I've also gone ahead and archived, um, special, uh, the software that was provided by Docomo for these phones, like the, like, um, data link, the iTunes, like software for these Docomo phones to transfer data to the MySync, which is a, which is a program to, to transfer files to the AU phones and all these basically hard to find um, software that you cannot find on the website anymore. I was able to track some down, and I did upload it to Web Archive because, thankfully, because awesome. again, you, you you can take the website down, but you can't take down the CD unless you destroy the CD. But either way, I was able to get it, and I was able to archive various USB driver files, which you never may, maybe they'll maybe they'll help in the future. Maybe not. I could be wrong, but better safe than sorry. And they are available to download on my um, page, uh, Deck of Fire, on Web Archive. And what was it? I have various things such as um, em- the SDK emulators for iAppli and other various things that are related to and could help Dokmo. One thing is a um, is a om is a data sheet for the, one of the processors for one of the cell phones for the CA01C. I was able to find the OMAP 3430 CPU uh, that's in one of the phones. And, you know, if anyone wants to try to get that phone, you can get Sonic Golf 3D. Fun huh. game, though. <clears throat> yeah. So, so there's a lot of work still to be done. Um, oh yeah. With preservation around uh, feature phone games and feature phones in general. Um, so, to wrap things up here, what can people do to help, and and where should they go to learn more about uh, feature phones and the games that you're you're preserving, and um, talk to you um, and your teams uh, and try to help out. Where, what should people do, and where should they go? Let's start with um. What is it? I think we should start with uh. The the least minimal thing they they can do is um. One, we do have a uh. We have a. There is a Discord server out there called Coffee Break Discord, and that's where you can meet and talk to people about these type of cell phone games from Doja to softbank to au and to even chinese and korean and western basically just anything mobile mobile gaming it's it's in there especially as obscure and niche as it is we we talk about it in, in there 
Yeah, it's a wonderful resource. A lot of my mm -hmm. team's members, including him, I, I met him through um, Coffee Break. Um, yeah, they're, they're a very, very good resource. I guess I should probably spell yeah. it. Um, K-A-H-V-I-B-R-E-A-K, Coffee Break. And yeah, it's a great Discord server. Uh, they got so many knowledgeable people inside there, but it is important to note that they don't want people going in there asking for game files or ROMs. Like I can't just hop in there and say, all right, give me Rockman Dash Golf files right now. You know, <laughs> I can't just hop in and do that. Basically, if if you get in there, you're you're really there to kind of help out with that technical side. And if there's anyone who is listening to this who wants to help us out technically, um, if you've listened to all the difficulties that we've talked about in dumping these games and accessing SD card and firmware and everything like that, if any of that sounds like you could help or up that alley, that is the number one place that you should join and, and basically um, talk to people inside there. Yeah, and then for if someone does not have that experience, if someone's not technically minded and they still want to help us out, it, so it sounds very cliche, but yeah, spreading the word about feature phone gaming is very, very <laughs> helpful because the more people know about it, um, the more people that hear the stories and the games, um, it helps us accomplish our goal because that widens the net. Um, of, 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 it makes a bigger pool of more technically minded people that we could find. And that's, yeah, as I said before, that's one of the main reasons why I'm so grateful to be on this podcast right now because I've spent the whole summer um, pitching publications and looking at other podcasts, trying to get an appearance on there so I could talk about this. And who knows, maybe if you're someone who runs um, a podcast about video game history, like video game history hour or something like that. Hi, you know, <laughs> have this <laughs> on because we'd love to talk more and just tell people about these games because yeah, because I, I know that there are many fans, uh, Mega Man fans, Final Fantasy VII fans, Sonic fans, Kingdom Hearts fans. Um, they may be not aware of these games and it just, yeah, it's great to just have more public knowledge about it, but that's the simplest thing you could do is just simply spread the word and, talk about it and then as naya said earlier like if you really really want to go deep and dirty like he has um you can always get one of those um, phones trying to find the demo um on it from those from uh, yahoo auctions mercari and he's already talked about the risks that are involved with that how it's kind of a lottery kind of a gamble but yeah if you do want to help us find demos um following his instructions that he had laid out earlier are pretty helpful and I guess it's important to touch on, um, like, oh, what, what if I want to find a phone that has that full game, like for, like our team, how we found the full Rockman game for EXE and, and Five Islands. Um, unfortunately, I don't really have a silver bullet for that. I think it just got us chalked down to being super lucky, our team especially. We just found a guy on Twitter talking about these games, and we just reached out to him saying, hey, you know, we want to, help preserve this and would he be able to help us and he said sure and that's how we got our exe phone and then our five islands phone um one of the translators for my translation projects um she used to live in japan and she was talking about how oh i used to have five islands on my phone but i think i lost it and i said well maybe you could look one more time and she looked for it one more time and was able to find it so it really chalks down to luck and there is no um silver bullet to find these games so yeah and also 
of course, you know, common etiquette. Like if some person does have the game on there, you know, and you want to talk to them and ask about it, definitely be polite. Don't go in and say, all right, yeah. you have the phone. give us the files now. You know, that, that's not going to work, but that's common courtesy anyways. But another thing I should mention is, um, what is it? Um, and if you're someone out there who is skilled in like, um, you know, extracting data from CPUs and uh, OS and um, NAND chips, uh, these phones have some recognizable names such as o- for CPUs such as OMAP, Qualcomm, uh, and for even OSs, some of these phones do have Linux on them, as is described on Wikipedia, and they have Samsung NAND chips and. So if you have knowledge in those area fields, you know, or know someone who to possibly help, you know, you know, we we need we need as much help as we can get. Exactly. We really do. Yeah, and if, and this if, is as much. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, oh go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It, and with all that we've said so far, this is sadly as much as we can do. And kind of the other help also requires help from people in Japan as well because they're kind of the ones with the key with the they have half of the key of what we need to to dump the games whereas they they have the game files that we want but mostly a lot of people outside of Japan who live overseas who have helped hack the weed and Nintendo switch and all that stuff they have um you know they have the uh the technical hacking resource so yeah so that's just what we need a lot of that and everything yeah. else Exactly. Yeah. So we already gave out those resources. I'm not sure at the very end of this, are we going to give out our contact information or can we say that now? Yep. Please go ahead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll start first. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at Rockman Cosmo. That's just word Rockman and then C-O-S-M-O. Um, I also have a website, um, Rockman Cosmo. Uh, dot weebly dot com. It's very simple, but there I have my email address and other contact information. So if you do want to help get involved with our Rockman project, you can reach out to me on there. And uh, for me, I'm on I'm on Twitter and Reddit as same name Nalia Shinota. And if you have any uh, questions about cell phones or or cell phone gaming, making games for cell phones and or just cell phone pre- preservation, you're more than welcome to DM me and message me and ask me because I, I love talking about this and I love help spreading the word. So my DMs are open for those type of conversations. Fantastic. Uh, this has yeah. been very eye-opening to me. Uh, I knew very little about the uh, the preservation work here and everything that you're going through so this has been very eye-opening to me so thank you both rockman cosmo and noya shinoda uh thank you both for being on today this has been a pleasure and uh yeah hopefully we'll we'll be able to have you on maybe next year and do an update on uh how things are going yeah definitely thank you so much for having us on really appreciate it thank you very much thank you very much and uh thank you everyone who has been listening Have a fantastic rest of the week, everyone, and see you all soon. Bye.